For full accident management support, including motor replacement, repairs and personal injury compensation claims, just search G4 Claims today. So I don't have any like set questions, just a wee bit about yourself, uh, what you do, how you got round to writing the book, uh, how it's going so far, why, should, why people should read it, etc. Yeah, so I so I'm, I'm obviously I'm I'm Marie Claire. Um, I'm a mum to three kids, a man child called Kieran, who's sixteen, and I've got twin girls Maria and Charlotte. They're eleven. Married to Craig. Been married for I think it's going to be fifteen years this year, but I always get the the, the number of years wrong. Um, but we've been married for a long time. Uh, I'm a life coach. Um, a fitness instructor, my sister and Joanna and I have the company, the wrestling company, Dream Fitness, where we've been running for over 10 years now, originally delivering community fitness classes out in the community in West Lothian, where we were in church halls and community centres. And then one of our big dreams got realised at the end of 2019 and we got our own space and were able to open our beautiful beautiful new gym in Bathgate only to have it closed again three months later when the global pandemic hit but we can talk about that later um, and um, as I said I'm a, a life and quantum energy coach um, I've got the company I create my own range of superfood powders so I've got the company Dream Magic Superfood Powders and then this last year during the global pandemic I had a call in to write a book and I wrote the book and hooked up with a publishing company and they published the book and it was released out into the world on the 24th of March. So it's been such an exciting journey. Um, I moved out of corporate and I think that would have been 11 years ago, just after the girls were born and I was in corporate HR um, wasn't really fulfilled in my job or anything like that. I was on that kind of Western trajectory where, you know, you leave school, you go to university, you get the job, you work your way up through the job, but it just wasn't making me happy. It wasn't making me fulfilled. So I made the big radical decision when I was pregnant with my twin girls that I was going to leave the corporate world and retrain and become a fitness instructor. And, and that's what I've done and had an absolute blast since then. I think uh, the, the first port of call is how do you have all this time in the day to do it? You know, to, to be perfectly honest, I mean, the, the reason, one of the main reasons I want to speak to you, I know that we've got a, a mutual friend as well, but one of the main reasons that I wanted to speak to you is because I just, I look at your social media presence, I look at the things that you're doing and I think you've got such a positive outlook, you're, you're involved in so many things and what brought you to this? You, you've touched on that at the start there, I suppose, it's like you made that step to leave the corporate world and I can't imagine that was something that you took lightly you know it's when you're in a secure job so to speak to go and do something like being a fitness coach which no disrespect to those that do do it but it can be an insecure job at sometimes you know that's a big step isn't it oh it's a massive step and I was older when I did it as well so I was 33 when I decided to move into the fitness world and as you know I mean I feel you know I feel like I'm 23 but you know moving into that kind of field at, at 33 years old it's you know, it brings rise to loads of different thoughts in you. You know, what am I doing? Am I, you know, having a, a crisis here? Am I 
you know, the imposter syndrome comes in. But, you know, I've been lucky that I've, I've done a lot of personal development work for the last 20 years. And I know, you know, tools and how to call out the imposter syndrome to set myself goals, to work towards my, my goals, to visualise what I want and how how I want to, to feel. And I believe that when you're working in alignment with what you're put here to do, I believe we're all put here on this planet because we've all got a purpose and we've all got a job to do. When you're working in alignment with that purpose and you're working in alignment with what you were put here to do, all the time is made available to you. And you didn't even have to think about time. And before in the corporate world, one of my biggest sayings, Eric, was, you know, oh, I've not got the time, I've not got the time. And I would be, <laughs> you know, rushing about in the morning and saying to the kids, come on, mum's not got the time for this, mum's not got the time for this, and huckling them out the door to get to the office and everything. And when I started to move into alignment with what I was put here, what I believe I was put here to do, I've got all the time in the world. I've got all the time in the world. And then I struck a deal with the big man and he gives me an extra day that nobody else gets. <laughs> For those that are maybe listening to this and, and thinking, you know, what, what is a life in quantum energy coach? Tell us, talk to me a bit about that. So I trained to be a life coach five years ago now and um, I've worked with coaches most of my adult life. From when I was about 23, I went to my very first personal development work workshop and I recognise the importance of somebody having somebody impartial who's impartial in your life to help you to get clarity over what your goals are to help you to call out the obstacles that are in place and, and the achievement of the goals and keep you accountable and you know make you working towards your goals so I've always kind of worked with life coaches and I suppose I, rec- I realised in my 20s that I wanted to be a coach and that's you know the, the road that I wanted to go down but then I had the, the limiting beliefs as well you're only 20 odds you know how can you be a life coach because you've not had a life really <laughs> so how can you coach somebody on that and then kind of put it to the back burner I've done the, the fitness training and then I realised, no, you know, you didn't have to have a life. You have to have the skills to be able to help people to live a life. And that was when I made the decision to train as a life coach. I did that and set up my coaching business really successfully. I work with West Lothian Council as well. I run a, a coaching contract with them. We were coaching people along the, the employability pipeline. And then I started on a, on a healing journey if you like Derek and I started to recognize that you know I had a lot of beliefs a lot of conditioned beliefs that were holding me back in life thinking that you know I'm not good enough or thinking that I'm too old or thinking that you know nobody will want you know to engage with me you know all that stuff and it's it's been hanging around in me for a long time and I realized that I wanted to get rid of that because I wanted to you know play full out at life and give you know the people that are important to me the best life possible so then I started to explore different modalities that could help me to do that and the one that jumped out at me um, was quantum energy coaching and what quantum energy coaching in essence is is about allowing you to explore what your beliefs are identifying whether your beliefs are serving you or whether they're you know disempowering you and then 
creating new beliefs, better serving beliefs. And uh, once I'd had a couple of sessions of quantum energy coaching, I realized oh, this is this is the thing for me. And I, I trained in quantum energy coaching under Dr. Melanie Salmon, who has spent 40 years in general medicine, for another 20, well, 20 years in general medicine, 20 years in psychotherapy. So I knew that I was, you know, wanted to train under her because she was, you know, the woman that was going to get me skilled enough to be able to to do what I, I want to do in the world. So that's basically what quantum energy coaching is. It's about you identifying, you know, what beliefs are not working for you and determining what has happened to you in your life that's created these beliefs and then giving you tools and techniques and um, new beliefs that'll, that'll, you know, empower you and work and, and move you forward. I think it's really interesting that you, you touched on, you know, I had these preconceived ideas of what I should be doing. And I think I spoke to so many people on this podcast and have come out with similar statements. It's almost that I feel that like a kind of working class, central belt of Scotland attitude that you're programmed into thinking this is the job that you need to do. This is the kind of life that you need to leave, uh, lead. And unfortunately, it often holds people back. I think that you've almost broke that mould. And like, I hate to go on about it again, but you've got such a positive outlook in life. And there's probably so many people, and you'll probably meet them on a, a day-to-day basis in your work, that are sitting there with so much potential, but they're just being held back by these preconceived ideas of what life should be like. Yeah, yeah, and, and you're talking about the Central Belt of Scotland, and I mean, I think it's probably, you know, typical in, in you know, a lot of areas in, in the UK and the Western, in the Western world, and it's this whole fear of, you know, if you're not working for somebody else, then you're not going to make a good living. You're not going to be able to, you know, get what you you, you want to get in life. And I, I was, I was, um, part of my conditioning, I suppose, was my dad started his own business when I was, when I was, I think I must have been about nine or ten, and it was really successful a couple for a couple of years, and then. He had to go back to working with somebody. Um, situations happened, and he had to give up the the that part of like having his own business. So again, that was confirming to me that oh no no no, you you leave school, you you know if you're lucky enough and clever enough, you're going to get you know an education like further education, higher education, and then you'll get a job, and then you'll stay in that job until you retire. But I just I just knew in, inside me that the a big thing for me, Derek, is that we we were put here on on this this earth to be happy, to to experience bliss, to you know enjoy connection, and to just feel in flow with life. And I I think if we're not doing that, then we have to be brave and we have to make a decision for ourselves and and trust our inner wisdom and trust trust our our gut. But you know. I remember at the time when I was in the corporate world and I'd made the decision that I didn't want to go back to that after having the twins. I didn't want to go back to paying somebody else to look after my kids so that I could go away from eight o'clock in the morning to six o'clock at night doing something that I didn't enjoy doing. And I was lucky because my husband's really supportive. And when I remember we were on holiday in Tenerife, we were in a pool and I said, and I think I'm going to go back to the the, the job. <laughs> and he went, what? And I was like, 
I just didn't think I, I, I want to, you know, do something different. And he says, well, what do you want to do? I said, well, I want to be a fitness instructor. So it was kind of like, swam, swam away from me for a wee while. And then, no, and then he came back, he went, no, listen, we'll make it work. It'll work. And he knows what my work ethic is like because he's seen what my work ethic was like when I was working with other people. So he, he kind of knew that, that work ethic would just get stronger and and you know you know more heightened when I was working for myself, um, but I did tell a few people like friends and family and they were like, "What are you doing?" It's the hormones. <laughs> it's because you're pregnant. <laughs> but you know, ten years ten years down the line, I can look back and say it was the the best decision I've ever made. There's a, there's a few things that you touched on there that I think are really important when you are going to make these changes. Or you're, you're lucky that you've got a supportive family because I can imagine that there's so many people out there who would say, Marie Claire, what are you talking about? Don't be stupid. You've got a great job. You're not doing that. You know, that, that's one of the things that I can imagine so many barriers that people face. And the other thing that you said, which is key and vital to this, is the work ethic. You know, you, you can't do that half-assed. If you're going to do this, you need to throw yourself into it. And we said at the start of this conversation, I said, where do you find the time in the day? And you made a joke about that, right? But the truth is, you make that time in the day. You know, you're working there and, and as much as, you know, it might look from the outside that you've got a rosy life and you're doing these, uh, you're doing your books and you're doing your fitness classes, that's hard work. Let's not get oh, that wrong, it's hard work. It, it, it's, it's, it is hard work. And I remember back in the day after I qualified as a, a fitness instructor, so the girls were, just babies so they, they were born in the June and I started training in the October so I was launching my fitness business the following January so they were they were six months old the girls and I remember that was a way before like social media was as as popular and as big and you know I'm, I'm you know it's easier now to advertise your business because you just go into Facebook and you pop an advert on but back in the day, I had printed off leaflets and I was like lugging <laughs> that double buggy the family, the girls, putting leaflets through folks' stores and everything like that. But I think what that also does is that demonstrates that you're committed to what you want to achieve Absolutely. and you're willing to go above and beyond. And, you know, I don't know what your views are on like the universe and everything like that, but when you do that, the universe sees that you're committed and it gives you a wee helping hand, you know, and, and opportunities come along and other people will come in to support you. And I was lucky at that time as well because after I um, trained, it, it was when the Zumba wave was rising. So I was lucky enough along with my sister to catch that Zumba wave and that just, you know, that was kind of like one of these wee universal gifts that right okay you're committed we're going to make this work for you here here's Zumba and everybody's loving Zumba and they're all going to fire into your classes and they and they did so yeah it was about we can you know write our goals down and we can hope and wish for for what we want but we have to get off our backsides and take action and like meet the goals you know head on and do stuff about it rather than, you know, sitting and waiting for it to be handed on a plate to you, because that, that that's just never going to happen. Do you feel that the internet has posed more challenges or opportunities for you? Because it's a really interesting point you make, you know, now MD can pop up on Facebook that they're doing a fitness class or they're doing a yoga class, but ultimately you need to have that experience as well, you know. I think that you see that in so many 
lines of work at the moment that the internet's made things so much more accessible that that doesn't mean that everybody should be doing those things, <laughs> if that makes sense, you know. Yeah, yeah, and you know that that's something, you know, that I'm seeing more and more on the online space that there's so many coaches out there. Um, I'm a firm believer that, you know, if you're going to call yourself something, you need to be trained in that modality or you have to be trained in that um, field. And I think what the, 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 the downside of the online space is there's no validation or verification on yeah. people's training and qualifications. And, you know, that's, you know, I'm, there is no judgment there. Um, my concern is that there could be perhaps an issue around telling or advising people to do things that are not suitable for the, the person. Um, but the positive side of, of the online space and, you know, social media is that if we if that wasn't there, if that was back in the day when, you know, I was going around delivering the leaflet, doing my leaflet, that was great resistance training, pushing that tram, by the way. Um, if it was back in the day, our business wouldn't have survived this global pandemic because we've been able to pivot, change and adapt our business and take it onto the online space. And we're, we've survived this pandemic because of that. Yeah. It's oh, actually yeah. been really good because actually as much as we can get out to the sports centres or your local hall or whatever to do these classes, it's actually, and you, you've all seen it more than anyone, I feel that these online classes have gave people something to look forward to. You know, you're stuck in your house all day long in front of your computer screen doing meetings, talking to the same people. I mean, that that's your release. You, yeah. you probably, without realising, have brought so much happiness to so many people throughout such a difficult time. We have received so many messages of gratitude and, you know, thanks because we, the people that we've served this last year, has they're telling us that that has been the thing that's got them through yeah. this pandemic. If we weren't there on that other end of the screen, doing our, our classes, doing our meditations, doing our yoga sessions, their mental health, not just their physical health, would have taken a nosedive. And to be able to do that for people, it's just that again just confirms to me that that decision that I made 12 years ago was exactly the right decision for, for me. And that's not the only thing that you've, you've been doing during lockdown. Let, let's talk about it is what it is. You, it is what you're, it is. You're now an offer. <laughs> Where did it come from? Tell us a story. And... I think that this reoccurring theme goes through everything that you've done. It's like, there she is again doing that. What's she thinking? That's not her job. <laughs> Who's telling her that's a good idea? But every single time you've come through it and you've smashed it. Well, I, well, I, I mean, I've made a lot of mistakes along the way, but, you know, you've not got to share that on social media, are you? No, I'm kidding. Full <laughs> disclosure. Um, so, uh, I am a spiritual person. I've been massively, massively in uh, personal development and self-help stuff for, like, as I said, for most of my adult life. And I 
spoke a bit about you know the personal development stuff, the self help stuff, and I started to move into coaching and everything. I spoke about it more, but I kind of always had that spiritual side of me. Um, sometimes being a, a Roman Catholic in Scotland isn't fun at times. <laughs> Um, but it wasn't, it's, it's, it's more about, you know, a connection with a, a power higher than myself as opposed to a, a specific religion. But what happened was I was in Rome with my mum and my two sisters and circumstances were created and we ended up getting into the St. Peter's Cathedral in the Vatican and attending Mass with Pope Francis and we weren't meant to be there it was only us and all these nuns and monks and priests it was just for really holy people but and, the, and us we ended up did you just there. get inside you got to the mass inside you got to the mass inside <laughs> how did you, you wank all that well, you have to read the introduction in the book and it tells you all about it then it was divine intervention I truly believe it was the divine intervention and something changed in me after that experience because I just felt something change in me during that that mass and I felt really unsettled about for a couple of weeks after it. And then I just surrendered to a, a big, you know, practice in mind in recent years is just trusting and surrendering to, you know, the, the higher plan. And I, I was then out a run one morning and this idea pinged into my head it was you should write about your experience in Rome and you should write about your connection to God and you should write about all the personal development tools that you've learned over the years and I thought right okay now this was before the pandemic hit and I thought right okay so I'd written the introduction to the book and kind of drafted a, a rough draft of the book and I never, I'd never had the time to do it because I was so busy doing other stuff. And then the pandemic hit. And then I was gifted all of this time to write the book. And even the, I wasn't really sure what I was going to write about. And I you know, had these rough ideas. And then one of my tools and for my, my, my you know, emotional self-care, if you like, is journaling. And, you know, I, I, I get so much out of journaling. And what I did at the, at the pandemic hit was I created a space for myself every day. Um, once I'd done the homeschooling bit, once I'd done my, my work, I created a space for myself to journal and that was just a, a brain dumpy, all the fears that I had, or the anxieties that were coming up, all the issues that were happening that day. And when I'd done that brain dump for a few days, I thought, God, every, every day I'm getting a lesson here. And this could be the book. So this is my, my book. It's my lessons from lockdown. And within six weeks, eight weeks maybe, of writing every day, I had the bones of a book. I had 50,000 words written. And it was like 18 different lessons. And I, I just then had to, you know, I then hooked up with the publisher. They liked what they read. And he was like, I want to publish your book. So then I just went into a more like serious process and getting it into this, this format, working with an editor, you know, working with a cover designer and everything. But it's, it's, it's been such a fun, exciting project. 
It was like my for other people done their gardens. I wrote a book. That was my <laughs> lockdown project. Very <laughs> clear. You, you spoke about you know it was almost like you done that for your own mental health at first. You know, writing these journals down. And did you ever show anyone them before this, or was it this is me? I'm putting myself out there because I can I imagine know. that's a very very personal thing to do. That oh. it's very easy to write your thoughts and feelings down, but to share that with somebody, I, I think that's a big step. Well, that's the feedback that I'm getting on the book about how brave I've been and how vulnerable I've been. Because, I mean, you've said that a couple of times um, during this call, Derek, is that I'm such a positive person. Well, I'm not really. I, I, I have to work on my positivity. I have to sit, get up every day and make an intention to show up to life with, you know, positivity, with gratitude, with, you know, you know, just connection. It doesn't. It hasn't always came natural to me. And when people have read the book and they've and I've shared really openly my vulnerabilities, my anxieties during lockdown, my you know thoughts and feelings about myself and about you know how I I'm I'm seen by other people. I bring in the shadow self where I'm 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 sharing how you know there was a period of time during lockdown where I was like really comparing myself to my sister, my business partner. And you know, people are are blown away by how open I've been and honest. But what they're also saying is that how relatable it is and how they too have the same challenges and have the same thoughts. And by me blowing the lid on it, because it's stuff we didn't talk about, really. And by me blowing the lid on it, it's given them permission to admit, oh, well, I have these thoughts as well. And, and, and what I'm also doing in the book is I'm sharing the tools which I've used to help with these thoughts, to help with these challenges. And, you know, I've got journal prompts in there as well for them to help to help people to explore it even more deeply so it, it was I mean as you're saying it was such a it was cathartic is that the right word it was cathartic doing writing the book because it helped me so much and my wish was that you know even if one person read the book and they got something out of it then that was a win but my dream was for loads of people to you know get something from it and that dream has came true. The messages that I've received since the books went out there, I'm just, I've been crying so many times so every day because it's just like the impact that it's had on, on, on people. Um, and I, and that happened, I believe now, because before the, the book went out, uh, that imposter syndrome came out and I was like, oh my God, it's got to go and people are going to think it's rubbish and I'm got to, the men in the white coats are going to come and cut me <laughs> off and everything like that. Now I'm looking back and thinking, I was brave and I'm glad I was brave because by me being brave and by me stepping up and sharing my truth, it's allowed other people to, you know, it, it's, it's helped other people. And that's what I'm all about. Do you remember the first person you let read it? My sister, Gillian. And is that your business partner? No, no, that's my other sister. Um, yeah. Joanna's my business partner. So I let Gillian read it. And um, I, I write about that in the book as well at the end because Gillian's an avid reader and I, I, I trust her with my life. And 
I knew that she would read it and she would give me her honest feedback on it. And a few days after I'd given her it, she'd phoned me. So a big bit of it is about connection with God and, and spirituality. So a few days after <laughs> I, I gave her the book, she phoned me and she went, um, I've got a bone to pick for you. Oh, no. <laughs> and, and, you know, I, I, was that, I was scared because a lot of the book was written in a state of flow. And, you know, I was like, yeah. have I inadvertently written something that's offended us? She went, well, I was reading your book. And um, I then went on to Facebook and one of our pals was going through a difficult time. And I, I, I felt, I, I, I just came off of Facebook and I went, oh, please, God, will you help? And she went, and that only happened because I read your bloody book, because before it, she didn't believe in God and she didn't, you know, have that kind of connection. So that for me was a win. Um, but she, you know, she loved that. And um took so like took so much out of it. Um the next person allowed to read it was my husband. And you know, again I was like, because writing things about him, but no, he he was fine with it as well. So far, I've not had anybody read it and have a go at me or have a pop at me. But um I, I sometimes I like that. even when it comes to, you know, play music or I'll do these podcasts and I think even when you're talking to people about personal things, something that you've put down on paper in front of you, for example, it's almost easier to give it to strangers than to give it to your husband or to give it to your sister. I must, I think that that must be the biggest challenge because you're opening yourself up. You're putting all your thoughts and feelings on that paper and saying, here I am, I'm all, <laughs> excuse the pun, but it's an open book. Yeah, 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 yeah absolutely. Um, and I think... I always the the book was written from good intent. It was about you know a desire to you know connect and help other people. It was about me my healing journey and it. So I kind of thought I didn't expect too much backlash from my family, the people that are close to me. Um, so I didn't, I didn't really expect that. But the the, the part of it where I'm talking about the shadow self, and I was going through a period of comparing myself to my sister Joanna. So that's my business partner. I was nervous about that because I wasn't wanting, you know, Joanna to to you know think bad of me because I was having the bad, you know, lower vibrational thoughts about her but you know we had a chat about it um and and she was absolutely fine Weird. Jillian and maybe talking about me behind my back right enough <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like all, all around you you know you, you've got a really supportive family but as well you, you touched on it earlier there's been some amazing feedback for all over the place you know you, you put that out there and it seems like everything's been super positive was was that the reaction you were expecting is it is it took you away a wee bit oh it's blown me away it's like blown every single expectation I've had from the book you know I probably again this the imposter syndrome's like folk will read it and they'll 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 think it's all right you know that was probably my biggest hope from it but my secret hope was you know what's actually been achieved is that you know that people are loving it and that and it's it's helping them um and when the week, uh, uh, because as you know, I'm I'm like really big on my my journaling, and you know that really helps me. 
and a tool that I use is future journaling. So it's about journaling as if you're journaling on a day in the future. So what I did then, I'll give you the example of what I did. So the Saturday before the book went out, I wrote a journal entry for the Saturday after the book went out. And what I was describing in that journal entry is everything that had happened that week, how I was feeling, you know, how people were connecting with each other, how the book launch went, how the, you know, the, um, because I was doing a lot of podcasts and I was doing a lot of lives and things like that, how they all went, how I was feeling in the present moment and I wasn't spiralling or anything like that. So I wrote all that down in my journal and every morning when I got up, I, I read it and I really felt into it about how I wanted it to be. And then at night time before I went to bed, I read it again and really fell into it. And then, so it was like, I'm lying in bed, it's a Saturday morning, that's the book launch being, party being last night. Here's how I'm feeling, this is what's happened and everything. And when I read that back, it was like, practically everything that I'd written down to happen had happened. But what was the most important thing was how I had shown up and how I had completely enjoyed the whole experience because it could have been so easy for me to get really anxious about it and you know no enjoy the experience as I said you know the book was a lockdown project for me and when you've got a hobby a project it's really important that you enjoy your hobby and really enjoy your project so I had to keep bringing myself back to that that place and I'm delighted to say that I did and last week you know when the book was launched and with the launch parties it was just a complete and not a blast. That was brilliant. Do you think that I mean, a lot of the do you think that a lot of the skills that you have learned in your your other profession in, in life coaching has helped you write this book? Hundred percent. You know, I write about that in the book. I'm writing about you know all the tools, all the techniques that I use um, as a life coach, as a quantum energy coach in the book. So yeah, I mean, and I feel as if it's just all came into. I used to think to myself, oh, I'm a bit of a Jackie Alltrade, mastery none. But what I now realise is that every single thing that I do, whether it's superfood powders, whether it's coaching, whether it's fitness, whether it's writing, it's all in alignment with helping the person that I'm working with to feel better about themselves mentally, emotionally and, and physically. So it's... It seems that everything that you do, Marie Claire, is, is quite selfless. It's almost, don't get me wrong, I, I have no doubt that the work that you do gives yourself great satisfaction, but it seems like you're putting a lot back into, you know, your local community and, and other people's lives as well. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I, I, I'm no selfless by any manner of means because I, I, I like, you know, I enjoy being rewarded for, for what I'm doing. But... You know, it, it does always come back to that whole living in alignment with what you were put here to do. And I believe every single person on this planet was put here on this planet to help other people sure. or to help other, you know, whether they're actually, you know, if you're an environmentalist, then you, 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 you were put here to help the environment. If you were, you know, if you're, I don't know, whatever job, I think we were... Uh, uh, Every single one of your job is to help other people or to help this world. Absolutely. And, you know, 
it's living in alignment with that. And whereabouts can can people firstly buy the book? I'll put a little link in the description and comments as well. But but where should people check you out? Check check the book out. And uh, what's what's in the future? Is there a book number two? Oh, I know so many people are asking me that, and I'm like, oh, I don't know. I'll have to wait and see. I'll have to wait and see what whether that's part of the plan. Don't you oh. be hoping for a, a third wave or anything like that so you can get a, <laughs> another book on the go? Yeah, well, then we've got put into the sec, like the, the lockdown after after Christmas. That's what my publisher sent me an email and went, book two. I went, no, no, they're now, Sean. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, no, people can buy the book on Amazon. So it's it's available. It's, it's actually available on all online booksellers platforms. Um, they can find me on Instagram. It's coaching by MC on Instagram, or for the superfood powders, it's Dream Magic Blends. Um, our fitness side of things, so online and in person, fitness is Dream Fitness. So we're on Facebook and Instagram with that as well. Mara Claire, it's been an absolute pleasure. I feel oh. like I, I need to up my game here. I'm I'm going to be going out around the night and, and trying to re- write a book, but. Yeah. Thank you so much for your time. I really, really appreciate it. It's been a joy. And uh, looking forward to that book number two when it eventually gets there. Oh, thank you, Derek. Thank you. For everyone that's enjoyed listening or watching this podcast, please like and subscribe. And go and check out Marie Claire's stuff. I'm sure you'll not be disappointed. Cheers.